Welcome back to It Starts With You podcast with me, Mark Hopkins. And in this episode, to me, is it, I, I got to know Thomas in this episode um, f- uh, the day before with a, with a good conversation on the phone. We're on the phone for an hour and a half, nearly two hours, telling me about his life and his journey and everything he's gone through in life. And then telling me all about um, his diagnosis with ADHD and how things in life has, has kind of made sense. And now he's a different person the start of an amazing journey and the start of an amazing kind of direction with his life. Uh, and I am honestly, I'm, I'm touched by what Thomas said and getting to know him. Um, he's, he's not, I, in my opinion, he's become a really good friend from this and, and getting to know him and going through the journey of his life and the emotion of his life. So truly, truly, this is a phenomenal listen. Listen to Thomas, reach out to him, chat to him. Awesome guy. It's Thomas Woodhams, everyone. Yay. <laughs> Hello. Good morning to everyone. <laughs> so everyone keeps saying to oh, me, blimey. get some like, applause for that bit. I need a studio audience. I need a real studio audience. <laughs> One day. So maybe, need to, maybe, Go on. <laughs> maybe you need to get some, uh, some fake um, sort of game show um, <laughs> voice yeah. and audio notes and stuff. Uh, maybe some old school. Uh, catchphrase or um, yeah. stars in their eyes or something. Hey Matthew, tonight we're going to be do it that way, but that'd be that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> well, that's, that's the, you know, I've, I've done. I think this is the tenth or eleventh podcast I've done, and mm. I still don't know how to start them. I'll be honest with you. I'm a recruiter, not a podcaster. But hey, I'm trying my best. Exactly. I'm faking it till I make it. Do. I'm faking it. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what to do it's like oh because obviously I obviously know that you obviously did one with um, the lovely uh, Tim Wood um, the other day and um, obviously you took his podcast virginity you're now taking my podcast virginity <laughs> today so you're now yeah. going to be the recruiter slow virginity taker on the old social social media so uh, don't worry I'm, I'm gentle you're going to get a nickname <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a gentle well, that's always, that's always, that, that always helps um, but no obviously I appreciate you um, obviously having a conversation with me I'm a little bit nervous but no, uh, I feel like I'm going go, feel like a bit um, I'm going on a first date and uh, you're going through the motions again where you're asking the questions is there any awkwardness or where do you start and then you're trying to get a question back off that and um, no but um, no, I'm looking forward to it it'd be good to a gr- do something a little bit different. There's a great feature on 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 my um, editing suite where I can actually cut shit out. So don't worry about that part. Um, we had a really <laughs> awesome conversation yesterday. I think we're on the phone for a good hour and a half about about the subject yes. matter we're going to talk about in a, in a minute, which mm-hmm. fascinates fascinates me. Um, which I'll get into as well, why it fascinates me. Um, but tell the world a little bit about yourself, Thomas. What, who are you? What do you do? Um, obviously, we don't Blimey. need to go into your full CV. Just talk about what you're up to at the moment. What, what, what's what's the, yeah. the business you've got going on? So, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people in the network know who I am and, and what I'm about. Um, so for people really know to find out a little bit more about me. So obviously, I'm an IT recruiter inverted commas um so obviously i've gone through the sort of the lines of working obviously understanding it working in compliance and then compliance wasn't for me really sort of having a personality about myself and speaking to people that didn't have a personality kind of didn't really 
sort of gel with me and then sort of learned the ropes on the tech side um and sort of enjoyed tech as a child and i've always sort of everyone was sort of coming to me with sort of tech questions and oh can you sort my phone out or can you sort the laptop out and i was very sort of very much into building computers at a younger age and really sort of wanting to learn a bit more and about the gaming side when i was a little bit younger and constantly i remember sort of going playing this game and maybe some people know it's called Ultima Online which was like a sort of role playing game right um, is that the type of game and that it was like, a, it says, tells you to pick up um, um, open the door and then you say you say open door do you know the one I'm on about where yes is that the type of game a little, a little a little bit like that a little bit like that it was kind of sort of a old school where you can be a mage or warrior and uh, and <laughs> I remember rightly where my, my friend was saying look we need to go um, and or did a subscription at that time I was at school and like this is when dial-up just came in and my mum poor oh. bless my mum I was going in her bedroom at half six in the morning oh. to bloody plug the phone in in the broadband sneaking past her like that game don't wake dad mm-hmm. and like and obviously suddenly I'm plugging this thing in <laughs> and then creeping back out at seven in the morning and then like my mum going Bloody hell, everyone's trying to get through to us on the landline. And um, it's that bloody game you keep playing. Yeah. And um, obviously with a dial-up, and obviously, obviously everyone's trying to ring your house phone. I think my mum had a mobile at that point. Um, but um, obviously you're getting that on the landline, and everyone was like, what the hell is this noise on the phone? Like aliens have been taking over this house. Even though Tom is there, he's an, he is an alien. I remember my mum um, shouting so, up the stairs, get off the phone, I'm, I'm, get, off the, yeah, get off the internet, exactly. I want to get on the phone. And Yeah, it's nuts. Absolutely nuts. Exactly, I think everyone ex- everyone's experienced that way, obviously, it's the, um, the broadband. But um, yeah, so I kind of, at that age, I was kind of like, oh, okay, quite like gaming. Um, and then I sort of enjoyed speaking to people and at that point, and I think it was kind of just my personality being very social and very sort of a, uh, extrovert uh, was kind of kind of my way and and then obviously found the lovely ways and the joys of recruitment um and exactly woohoo and i think learning along along the way and um i don't think this guy will mind me and sort of looking up to the lovely tim chataway um and sort of finding out a little bit more about what it's all about um and giving me tips when i didn't really know him so it kind of got to that point and then now I'm at the point where obviously I did the 360 fence, I did the agency, I did the internal and yeah. then got to a point where, do you know what, I've seen both best of both worlds on a 360 and more. Um, it'd be a great time to set up an agency of my own and be yeah. fully focused on what I'm doing and the clients I'm working with. I don't have what people was... breathing down my neck saying, I was going to say, where's what was... that? Yeah, I was going to say, what was the pull towards running your own ship? Because it's not easy. Um, it, it's mm. very, it's harder than working for some people. Uh, I personally, it is. Um, what was your pull? Mm. I think, I think at that point it was a direction where I was like, right, I'm now 31. Well, I was now at that point I was 30, and I thought, well, right, okay, well, I need something to really either one grow up or two, get to a point in my life where I'm starting want starting want a better life for myself in general. Um, and 
my best friend and also a business partner, uh, Adam Todd, won't mind me mentioning him. Um, he obviously was in the same game of being in the recruitment, but also in a different sector. And he was well, yeah, very, very good recruiter, very, very good, very similar to me. But he's a bit like, this is going to sound a little bit like we're uh, together, but he, he is the yin, he's my, he's my yin to my yang. If that, if that is, if that's no, fine. I think he is, he is a brother for me. <laughs> no, but I think um, it's I, something you need to be to, to start up a business with someone else. You've got to be two sides of a coin. You've got to be um, almost joined at the hip, like a marriage in, in essence. I know a couple of guys uh, started up together and when you go down their offices and you speak to them and, and you have a good conversation and go for a beer with them, always um, mm. you can see there's a, a a little bit more of a bond than standard friends. I think I think there's something, you know. Obviously, you're not going to stand naked together or something weird like that. <laughs> you know, um, but, yeah, and play, and play and play tummy sticks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing like kind of strange like that. Or maybe you went with your mate. You never know how far this man, romance goes. But it's almost like that. Um, mm. Where where you know you 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 are a good old fashioned two guys that just get it together and, and trust each other. And that's really important, I think, for that. You can't – I personally couldn't get into business with someone. I didn't know what mm. was um, enough to do that personally. So, yeah, good, good on totally. you. Good on you. It's totally. It's kind, of, it's kind of like where Adam's obviously been a, sort of part, a massive part of my childhood and obviously not having any brothers or sisters um, and being the only child, which kind of then – you obviously want to be a centre of attention all the time. Um, and he's sort of been through everything with me um, and seen me evolve as a person. And, and I think someone to stick by you for all that amount of time through sort of thick and thin. Um, and I, I, think, I think some people probably would agree with me. I think through life, you only have probably two or three, if not only on one hand, real true friends that will obviously you have colleagues and work colleagues that you work with and you know it's like when you leave work and you're like yeah we're always keeping touch yeah definitely call me and really and realistically no people really get in touch with each other uh, unless there is that sort of strong bond and I think where, where me and Adam were at that point um, obviously both working an agency or internal Adam was obviously all agency it was kind of like right where, well, where, where do we want to go we want to work together yeah. Um, um, are we both in the same industry, but both in different sectors? I'm 100 miles an hour. You're 60 miles an hour. So it's kind of like, well, how do we start this? And then how do we evolve with the stuff that we've got with clients? And how do we make sure that we're doing everything com like compliant? Obviously, working for another agency, we just have to make sure that we're not. Obviously, I was internal, so it was more working out how it would be legalities working for sort of to the same sector but obviously in the agency world obviously you get a covenant yeah so it's gotcha. kind of just making sure that we're 100 percent by the books and and i'm obviously i think that in first initial stage when you're sort of building your agents um sort of building an agency um obviously we're only obviously it's, it's just us at the moment um and we take on people as and when what, what we need depending on the workload that we get yeah it was kind of like well where let's let's see how it goes and i think we're both sort of worrying about well how do we start how are we going to pay ourselves and how we got to live and obviously people got bills to pay so 
it kind of it's now got to a point obviously over a year now where obviously just like any other business it takes a while to establish them relationships but I think being at this sort of age and knowing people and having worked with people before and having that good connection or that relationship sounding cheesy yeah. um people no, it's not. It's and, not. Who, who who know you it yeah. kind of they they want to work with you because of you and the kind of level of service that you provide and I think now to be lucky to work with certain clients that one obviously consistently give you jobs and two just actually get on with them Um, and it's nice to have just be able to pick who you want to work with instead of being sort of where your agency where like you're just starting BD you've got to call 100 million people um, and you're saying the same thing over again. I think until you're really established and you've you've done the agency, you've done the sort of 360, you then can sort of see it all uh, in a bigger light. Um, and then obviously that's where that's where we are now. Working some fantastic clients. Um, I'm still learning. I'm still learning in tech, and I think learning the ways of how to recruit properly. Um, and I'll say I'll go back to Tim again, mentioning. I thought it was just, yeah, CVs and LinkedIn. That, that, that's all I was learning. Like, yeah, okay, you've got a CV, job board, and that's it. And then obviously after speaking to Tim and learning about a bit more about tech as well, yes. and what the, side, the, the developers want and what they want. Some, they don't care about salary and they want to care what they're building. And it's exactly, and I've sort of learned that throughout the sort of journey. Um, yeah. But now, obviously, now I, 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 I like to think um, that I actually am... A, not just to sort of make a quick bark, I'm sort of thinking about the longer journey with the clients and the candidates. And I think some people do see me a little bit more than just a normal sort of typical recruiter um, where I'm actually gelling and talking about technology that they really probably want to hear as well. So that's where we're sort of at at the moment. Um, and then now we're just sort of go, trying to sort of scale the business at this point. Um, and that that's pretty much where we are. Um, and it's an exciting period. Um, so yeah. it's kind of, where's where's the next step from now? Do you obviously then, do you bring on two more people? But then obviously you've got to trust them people. But it's the scaling the business uh, and, and, and getting where you want to be. That's the difficult bit, is the scaling bit. Do you do it organically? Do you go and find some money from somewhere, chuck it on a credit card, get a mm. loan, however you want to kind of work out how to grow your business? I'm a big believer in, in it being right for you and it being organic for the business. So if suddenly you've got enough money to pay for someone, then do it. But if you haven't, I think forcing it. I personally, that's my personal opinion. People will tell me, oh no, go get an investor, go and get a million pounds, go and super expand and, and you can make a billion pounds then. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not saying I'm risk averse. I just think sometimes if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if you've got the money to do it, do it. And then you don't know anyone yeah. anything. You don't have to pay out dividends to random strangers that have just invested mm. um, very little amount of of money and taken a lot from you. So that's my opinion. How did you find the transition from, because you, you were external before, but then you went internal, but then you went, now you're back as a director of your own business, external. How did you find Ooh. that transition? Oh, a director. That does sound pretty, pretty high up. No, so... I think I I don't I don't like to class myself as a director. I just like to be I kind I of just the way the mindset I am. I just think statuses um, for me. I just like to be Thomas Woodhams. That's just yeah. me, um, regardless of status or a 
co-owner or a partner. Um, I do put myself on LinkedIn as partner because obviously at the end of the day, I feel it's a partnership with me and Adam. Um, and it's kind of that. But finding the transition, okay, so it was one, one scary. Uh, two, it kind of, I was worrying a lot about, right, well, who am I going to work with? Right, I'm doing it all again now. It kind of, I was like, it's like I was like first day again at sort of in the office when I first started to do sort of recruitment. Yeah. Um, and I'm like going a bit, I was a bit like, uh, like Gareth Gates. I was kind of like trying to get my words out. And I was like, uh, like, do you know what I mean? I had a sort of, yeah. sort of, a, sort of stutter uh, again. And it kind of was like, all right, well, you, you know all this, Tom. So why, why are you sort of being like this? I think once, once I think once you started then speaking to the clients that you sort of worked with before and 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 you're dealing you're then doing it for yourself. I think you then start and start seeing the results. I think it then spurs you on, um, the, as the excited self I am, mm. um, and obviously pacing up and down in the house. Mum going to me, what's wrong with you? And do you know what I mean? You're, you're trying to do everything you can possible to make it for yourself, and I think going from an agency and then going into internal you kind of realize like a lot of people want to deal with you on the internal side there's a lot more people that want to speak to you there's people that want to add you in groups in like the internal sort of side where people are sharing them their jobs with each other where you're thinking bloody hell if, if i was a recruiter if i was on the 360 side this is all gold dust to me yeah because this is all talking about jobs what's coming up who's on the psl um, and I think a lot more people, I think the perception of people as well with, with recruitment is such a massive market now. I think it's just so competitive in every industry. I think a lot of people try and find them in the sort of niche, niche areas. But IT like, is massively competitive. competitive. And I think huge. Getting, getting that back is absolutely huge. I think everyone's trying to be with trying to get on top of each other um and there's only i i personally think i i, I see a selection of people uh, in in one of my network and people that i speak to that are actually just real genuine people that actually want to do well and they're passionate about the the actual sector they're not just moved into the sector they're passionate about sort of latest trends they're passionate about what's coming up they're passionate about all, all them things. Um, and really, until you understand the real concept of it, obviously a lot of people say, oh, I'm a specialist, or, or like the conversation we had yesterday, like a lot of people say specialist, but what is a specialist? <laughs> like, exactly. how many years have you got to be a specialist? Or, do you know what I mean? Even on day one, a, a lot you see a lot of agencies yeah. or, or um, have got the title specialist, and you think, not. Oh, hang on a second, you just, you've just finished a... You just finished a team crew lead at KFC doing a diploma. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So you just think, well, you're a team crew member. All right, okay, fair enough. All right, so you deal with 100 people a day and you're upselling, you're, you're, you're specking in chicken yeah. to, to an upselling hot wings. So, oh, that must be that you're a specialist then. But I think until you really understand, um, I, I don't yeah. think anyone would really be a specialist, as you probably know. It's kind of it's, that, that, like you said, specialism, and then like you yeah. mentioned yesterday. Yeah. So what, how I kind of explain it is, you can specialize in something. I, I specialize yeah. in manufacturing and engineering in the SME world. 
Um, but mm-hmm. I am, I, I cannot class myself as a specialist because yes, I have a background in engineering and I've done technical stuff and I understand what certain things can and can't do. Yeah. But I'm not a specialist. I'm not, you know, you, I, I think, I think that the, you can't say you're a specialist CNC recruiter. You can say you specialize in CNC. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think, yeah. I think that yeah. word is an overuse. There's another overuse word, but I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, there's a, that word is yeah. overused in recruitment and is false yeah. and is wrong. And, and I think it's, it's misinterpreting what you actually do. You, you specialize in the subject matter and you're always asking questions because when you if you I did I have been caught up by this by the way in the past where I said to an, an engineering manager I'm a specialist in in design engineers and then he asked me well tell mm. me about design engineers then or, or what do you mean well you're a specialist tell me all about it uh do you know what I mean I, and what I meant was I specialize in there I'll find you some design engineers but I have no idea how 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 you do your job so do you, do you get where I'm coming cool. from on that one? So you can't, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's the use of, overuse of these words. Another overused word in recruitment is top biller. That's another one that gripes me. Oh, God. Don't get me started with it. God. It's every <laughs> fucking word. And, and what it basically means, in some circumstances, and it's rare I have come across this, I've been in this game 14 years now, top biller is someone that's making the most amount of money in that company. It is rare that they yeah. are nothing more than a glorified account manager. People will disagree with me and, and argue that, and they will probably shout mm. from the rooftops, Mark, you're talking shit there. But my experience, every company I've worked for, everywhere I've gone, they're a glorified account manager that has a really good count. They've worked very, very hard to get them. Some may not have, let's be mm. honest. And they're making money, and they're a top biller. But that word top biller is subjective per company. So in one company, a top biller could be making 90 grand, and in another company, they could yeah. be doing a million pounds. So it's an overused word. Yeah. That is, that, anyway, mm. I've gone off on a tangent. Sorry. I think this is what it's about. Mm. I think as well, I think you see when people, you see agencies as well, um, like, <laughs> I remember, like, they're like, oh, oh, this is what the top biller's earning. I think, right, okay. Well, how long has he been there? Right, four years. Okay, so it's got to be four years I, I, to I, get I, there. Like, I'm thinking, well, okay. But okay, I think, okay, let's get into this. <laughs> yeah, let's get into this, Thomas. I want to I want to get this in the open. Yeah, that, that, so when you, when you start as a trainee into a company or you start even as an experienced person into a company, they all tell you what the top billers are making. What they don't tell you yeah. is how hard they work to get there. And they worked exactly. very hard to get there. However, some of them fell into that role and they didn't work as mm. hard and they yet still wear that badge of top biller. And I'm not saying that all companies have this and I'm not saying that all mm. top billers are this. I am saying, though, it's a worrying trend that you get compared with someone in the business that's been there for a while that have uh, some great clients that they work with, make some great money with, and you're there literally mm. with a phone book, an email address and a phone and told, right, now do what he's doing. Repeat. It's like, uh, mm. uh, how, how, help me, show me. Yeah, exactly. Me. And I, I think, I think as well, I think if he didn't bill in that month or didn't bill in the second month, I remember a saying when I was, when I was doing tele sales when I was younger, you're only good as your last sale. Yeah. Um, and to, to be consistent to do either 30, 40 care months is, like people must be doing getting up at six, five, and I've seen LinkedIn posts where 
people are showing their days of what they're doing, which I think is brilliant how they prep. It's a bit like, I don't like to compare it to this because I think because obviously the industry does get a bit of a bad name. I think more bad than uh, good for the people that actually do want to do well. But there's like, like I hate using this because this is definitely not it, but Wolf of Wall Street style where they get up at 5am, it's a coffee, and it's then a mental talk, and it's then it's this, it's that, and it's then it's all, we're all doing like Kumbaya by 10am. <laughs> um, and then, do you know what I mean? We're all singing, do you know what I mean? We're all singing yeah. songs, and then it's just like back on the phone, which I think, I think that's, I think a lot of people do sometimes think it's like that in the agency world, which yeah. I think in my fair share in the agency, when you do get a sale, you either ring a gong, you ring a bell, you do a handstand, or whatever it is, or you throw a dart at the wall. Um, it's this kind of like that that mentality, obviously celebration of a placement. But I think when you've when you've gone to that side, and as you sort of going back to earlier about sort of the agency and internal, obviously internal you don't get that, and I think you actually generally want to recruit if you really sort of bleed the the, the sort of colours of that brand, which I did. Um, you wanted to bring them good people in for yeah. the business to them obviously get the business to scale in which is was quite nice for me to do that was going uh, and do the sort of internal stuff because it, like, as I mentioned to you it was kind of like it opened up a door for people to one obviously actually wanted to speak to me which was quite weird because I was, get, I was getting LinkedIn messages from people that probably wouldn't want to speak to me if I was an agency obviously doing the 360 and obviously recruiting people in and wanting to work with them I was then getting messages about the business what the business was doing mm. uh, what kind of guys do you know what I mean so it's kind of nice to actually have a conversation with someone with people with the conversations that I would have couldn't have with people when I was an agency and it's like oh my god like this is quite nice to have a, a, a general conversation about sort of the people what we're doing and people were interested and like some of the sort of TAs that are speaking to, like, I've actually got someone that you can have. And it's like, what? So you don't, it's like, normally you normally obviously see a referral or, oh, this guy's, this, this guy's um, CV's been sort of formatted by uh, another agency, so you can't have it. Or there is like a clause or something. But it was a lot, it was nice to see where people were actually wanting to speak to you. Um, like, just felt a bit wanted. Probably that's probably the best way, wanted. Mm. Um, the attention again and I think it was, it was quite nice to, to, to have that but when, when you've done both sides and you, and you see that sort of side it's then it kind of makes you realise when you when you obviously do set up your own agency or, or when you're running a uh, sort of a business um, you, it's sort of nice to have because you've done both um, so you understand both ways on, on the fence for people yeah. um, and what you need to do to, to get where it needs to be really God it's it's a hell of a transition, if I'm honest with you. It is. Um, I, I, people ask me, why don't you try internal? Um, before I started this business, I, I, I considered it, and I had an option to go internal with, um, uh, with an agency that was is more of an account manager, but it's very similar to an internal role where you were actually sat at um, local councils around the country, and you were developing mm-hmm. that relationship with them. It's not quite an internal role, but it was very similar to an internal role, as close as I can mm. get to it anyway. Um, and I I genuinely, personally, miss the interaction with different companies. 
I, I think that's the best mm. way to verbalize it. I'm not, I'm not insane. I don't love business development, but I do love the interaction with different companies and learning what they do and finding out about their business and then trying to find them the relevant people that they want for that business. Whereas of course. I think internal, um, I, I honestly, I, I have so much respect for anyone that works internal because you know, that's just you and those hiring managers. And if you can't fill that role, you need to explain why you can't fill that role a lot more than I have mm. to explain where they can just go, well, you're, you failed Mark. So I'm going to look at the other agency that's just called me tomorrow today. Yeah. And, and they yeah. have options, but you're the guy, you're the man that has to, or you're the lady uh, that has to do yeah. the job for them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I, I honestly load, load of respect for anyone who does return. So that transition for mm. you was, was a big jump, big, big jump. It was, it was, it was very eye opening and, like I said, I did eight. I think I did eight key hires in five months. Wow, that's a on, bloody big number. That's a big number to hire people. Big, big number. And and the people that are there, it's quite weird because before I before I left, yeah. um, and the people that I was con and the people that I contacted at the period at that period, who were working for big companies at that time, then then realized when I when I when I sort of left um they then came on board after I left so it was like blimey so I must have done something something yeah, good yeah, here to, yeah. to want them to, to to sort of meet them and the thing is I meeting people I I ended up sort of I tried to do I do things a lot different I think that's quite another cheesy word to say because a lot of people say well I do things different I do it this way I try and be different to everyone else but I think I do actually try and do things different and I think how I do it is actually I just learn about the person um I kind of just have a different approach with my personality I don't just go in the hive seen a fantastic opportunity or oh my god it's a hot job it's kind of like high I've seen your profile and Kind of like I've seen your skill sets. What's the kind of what, what you're building at the moment? What, what's the, do you know what I mean? So it's kind of finding out what what mm. they want. And I, I think one of my one of the guys I did, which um, he is there still now, um, when I was when I was doing internal, we actually went out and did a quiz. We actually did went out and did a quiz night because um, he was a contractor and he didn't want to go into. It was obviously a contracting market. Uh, he didn't really want to go into perm, but obviously I said he was the right guy. So obviously then we had to come to some sort of conclusion and kind of work something out to get him to come over. Um, but what, I've, do you know what I mean? I, I don't think, I think initially people sort of see you in their approach and you think, oh, okay, he just wants to sort of get me in. Yeah. Uh, and to be fair, as an internal, well, to be fair, it doesn't make a difference to me in regards to money because you either, even if you came in or not, I still make the same money. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, there's no bonus or there's no, there wasn't any of that at that point and and um, there wasn't throughout throughout as i've been um sort of doing the, the sort of internal gig so it was really nice to actually go out and actually speak to people and actually learn about people and sort of understand what they're looking for and not being pressured to get people in as much as there was a small pressure to get because obviously they wanted to build certain things and they wanted them types of uh, profiles to get them in yeah. but we went up to a a pub pub quiz and it was nice just to have food and do a quiz with someone that one probably wouldn't you wouldn't do if he was in the sort of agency side where it's just like you're like you go meet them for a coffee you find out what they want you get them to the client 
that's it, you ring the gong, that's it, placement's done. Um, it was actually more of a sort of going out, meeting them, understanding what they want, talk about the brand, talk about what they're building, and then actually do something a little bit more social, which yeah. where probably to see, feel a little bit easy. Like, I probably wouldn't, I'm not very good at pub quiz. Um, some of the questions, I was sort of then trying to think really deep and hard. I thought, oh God, talking about history, and I thought, mm, history lesson, what did I learn? Um, yeah, Henry VIII looks like me. That's kind of all I learned. And, and I was like, right, that's brilliant then. So, and I was like looking at him, he didn't know. And then I was like, oh my God. Um, so it kind of, it, it changed things around when sort of being in, in that sort of side. Um, and it's nice to do things with people where if you was agency, you probably wouldn't have the time to do that. Um, yeah. You're, you're on strict, strict, strict deadlines. You've got to be back at the office by one. Your lunch is that You've got an hour to do this. You've got to do that. Um, so it was nice to, sort of branch out a little bit more and understand, I come and understand across, people a little bit more. Yeah, I come across many years ago when I was working at uh, a big American company. Um, they had a sister company. I'll try not to mention their names. But what they used to do is um, they tried to do an event called Pub Golf. I don't know if you ever played Pub Golf. Um, and they needed some chaperones for it. So I got invited to it because they shared an office. And I got very drunk in Cardiff mm. um, doing Pub Golf. And I thought, there's something in this where you've got your contractors, you, you invite them out on a, on, a, on a do where they get to walk around a couple of pubs and get to know you as a recruiter. I made some really yeah. good connections that night. Um, I may say I was a little drunk near the end of the night and I had to leave early. But, <laughs> um, it was, but that was the, 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 the great thing about it. I had emails the next day. I, I didn't do the construction trade. I was doing um, defense and aerospace at the time. But I had emails the next day from, from managing directors of, of, of you know, businesses that, that were on this pub golf, saying, oh, thanks for a great night. It was a great laugh. And then that's where the bond mm. starts then, and that's where the relationship starts. So, so you can grow from there. So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's absolutely interesting. I'm fascinated by the transition people make from, internal, from external to internal and internal to external, the other way, the other way as well. I, I, it fascinates me because there's so much emphasis in this marketplace of, this you know us versus them there's blogs written about it why it's advantageous to have an internal recruit why it's advantageous to be external but and i'm like no guys we're all the same kind of we're just different sides of the same coin we have different problems different issues and we need to respect that between us and work together the best mm. we can and from that i've come across some brilliant internal people by just opening mm. up that respect to people um and seeing their plight it, and seeing their issues yeah, you, you do you do get it because obviously the recruiters then going, Oh, for fuck's sake, it's the bloody it's the TAs that you've got to speak to, the TAs are then saying like we're not doing the PSL and then you've got table tennis again yeah, back and forth. Oh then then, then obviously the people that really wanna then sort of then push the boat out, they then go to the hiring managers, uh, yeah. the team leads or for example, and then the TA do you know what I mean? Then there's this massive ball of it's like a love triangle. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes like an episode of Love Island. Yeah, and sometimes you know, as an internal, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. But, as, <laughs> but also as an internal, you you may not have enough skin in the game to make the decisions of who you can work with and who you can't. So there's a, a, a bigger procedure behind that that you've got to fight for the right agencies to work with, or or recruiters approach you in a, in a very reasonable, well mannered, 
and the, and you like what they have and like what they're offering. You go to the hiring manager, you go to the manager, and and they're like, no, they're not on the PSL, or no, we're not paying for that. You should find that person. Yeah. And that politics that exactly. that has to, oh, I totally totally freaking get that. It's 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 hard. It's hard for them. But uh, I've seen some great work though at the same time from some of these guys. So yeah, awesome. there is some there is some good people out there. <laughs> so, but thanks for that. I'll, um, that it's good to kind of understand kind of where people's journeys are going. And your journey is, and this is what we talked about yesterday, which which really fascinated me, is your is your understanding of yourself and, and where your you were kind of heading and where you were going. And um, you discovered something quite recently. You've been diagnosed with ADHD, which is, is that's a, right. fascinating subject matter to me it's a fascinating subject matter because we hear the good stuff about it and we hear the bad stuff about it in the press but tell us a little bit about kind of when you started realizing that you might have something um is that how long we got yeah (laughs) (laughs) we got as long as you want (laughs) don't worry about it so let's let's talk about that so so there was a moment in, in in your in, in the last, what, three, four years or 10 years or where it was just something kind of in your mind. T- tell us about that. Yeah. So I think, I think, yeah, it has been in the last sort of three to four months. And obviously what I put out there doesn't affect my work. So uh, don't panic not. for any clients and candidates listening. Um, no, so, yeah, so I kind of thought at a younger age, well, my mother, bless her. Um, so I think... I don't know if it was being the only child. I was also always craving attention and wanted to always wanted to be this massive character, which I, I am, but now a little bit more tuned in. Um, and my mum took me to the doctors because I always getting told off. Not not bad as in like I'm misbehaving, but I was always talking. I was always easily distracted. Um, like always wanted to be the center of attention or the the joker yeah. um, in the class. And do you know I mean, everyone's like, there'd be like stuff like everyone's playing the recorder, mm. and there's me putting the recorder up my nose and like thinking it's funny, blowing blowing the, like the tunes from my nose and trying to make everyone laugh. So I think at an early age, I I was always trying to make people laugh and, and trying to get that likability factor. Um, which people who know me have always kind of will understand why the way I probably will understand now why the way I am and why I have been such a sort of big character. So my mum obviously then took me to the doctors and I think as a child, a lot of children are quite hyperactive anyway. They're playing with kids, they're doing whatever. Um, And the doctor said to my mum, he's just a normal child, (laughs) whatever normal is. Yeah. So just a normal sort of child wanting to play um, and wanting to sort of just just be a normal child. It's an energetic child. Um, so obviously as growing up, um, I sort of got into uh, badminton, a national standard, um, played sort of all the time. It was always my thing and, and it always is still my thing now. Mm. Um, and it kind of, that was sort of a, relief for me obviously playing sport and I think mentally it was kind of a something to get that out yeah I think everyone who as I said who knows me or people friends and family um I am 100 miles an hour I won't stop um I will 
constantly make the jokes. I probably will overstep the line. I probably will. Um, I won't even wait till someone's finished. I'll probably just jump down the back of their throat just to get anything to some sort of familiarity. Like, sort of, if there was a common ground, then I'd be like straight away, like I'd be telling them about me, about my story. Um, it was just weird things that kind of thought. I always thought I was all right because it was only until yeah. sort of like Adam um, or all my friends or family, for example, would then mention to me, like, I don't think there's something you need to think you don't need to go and see someone because there's no way that someone can have that amount of energy all the time, 24 seven, nonstop. Um, do you know what I mean? I was always, yeah. when I was doing the tele sales, you'd see me standing up on the headset pacing up and down selling and all these hand gestures and you were that like, annoying guy weren't you so it's nice annoying yes. you used to work in the call center it's like yes. sit down sit down shut up sit down, sit down. Yeah. Yeah. this guy this ginger guy like a ginger biscuit on speed tons walking of around yeah yeah tons of energy like yeah. I'm, people tom can you be quiet please mm. like and i just because i'm trying to voice and and i was very loud and it it got to a point where I was concentrating on my work. Like I was, I can't say probably one of my weaknesses. I can't say, really say no to people because obviously that the sort of parent nature that I have, but it kind of got to a point where, right, I need to sort of something out because to be fair, it, it's getting too much. I'm sort of any sort of excitement that I can sort of, I'd have the excitement, for example, something would happen like a great CV would come through or profile that would come through 12 o'clock at night. I'm out of bed looking at it calling do you know what I mean messaging Adam saying to him oh my god this candidate da, 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 da. and like uh, Adam's like you haven't even spoke to him and I thought yeah no but I know it's just like they're so amazing and and like especially when it's because obviously it's only been in the sort of last three to four months uh, that which I will come to in a minute yeah. but at that stage people must have thought bloody hell like and it only, it's only till now that i've realized this um and i didn't obviously being being yourself and kind of not knowing what you're doing because people were telling you and i was like oh shut up i know what i'm doing i it, it it's fine like I, i'm i'm fine but people are like you're not um and i think working for employers <laughs> god bless people who work with me um so it's like i'm always loud and i kind of like i'm always very excited i'm i'm one once you get excited about one thing, you're then you're on that buzz, and then suddenly you're waiting for a song to come on, and then I'm up dancing again, and then it kind of I'm constantly waiting to, to find out the next excitement. Let's say, for example, uh, someone came in that I knew I hadn't seen for a while, like a supplier or something. Suddenly, I then sort of go above and beyond at like 120 miles an hour, and people must think, "Is this guy all right?" It's like, I mean, it's, it was just, it was just very much, I'm, I'm waiting for the next bit of excitement or I'm, I'm going a hundred miles an hour. It, it kind of like, Oh my God, it's, it's too much. So it kind of, I was very easily distracted as I said, as a child and easily distracted with work. Obviously I can't sit down. That's the only issue I'm sitting down now, but I, I had the problem of couldn't just sit down, be calm, speak to people, think what you're going to say. It just be immediate reactions like straight yeah. away and not yeah. thinking what I'm saying. 
So I thought, well, okay, well, this needs to be sorted because I actually want to have a better way of life with people, with friends, family, um, and it it needed to be sorted. So I thought I need to get this sorted. I'm 30 now, and I need to do sort of I've got my own business, um, and to make it more efficient and also for me, I need to go and see someone. So obviously I went to the doctors and. And sort of asked, sort of on some underlying issues. Said, "Oh, how do you feel? What's this? What's that?" Um, so then they referred me to a specialist, um, and I was speaking to a specialist. So it was kind of like we'll speak about your childhood, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, so I was, I was sort of relating to sort of situations um, when I was younger. I talked about the sort of my mum taking me and so on and so forth. How you react now? What are you doing now? What 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 sort of what has made you go sort of bring yourself here and I've sort of explained it and then sort of after the sort of diagnosis then said to me you've got ADHD mm. um, and quite a sort of a higher a higher form of it yeah and I was like right uh okay um sort of it kind of like I, I was like right I, I the thing is I did set my expectation because I probably knew I had it in my head but I probably didn't want to hear it from someone Oh, that's hard. Yeah, I can imagine. So I knew I had it, but I didn't want to admit I had it. And I said to myself that I was fine and I can deal with it myself. But yeah, I I then found out and I was going to call mum and she was like, oh, I'm really, really glad that you sort of went and sort of found out about it and sort of said plan the next steps. So I'm obviously now on the sort of higher dose. If anyone knows what that is which is cortinal um i think i said that right yeah but i might have not have. but everyone who's got that um who has got adhd or suffering from um any sort of mental illness with sort of hyperactive sort of disorder um then it, they all know what it is so it kind of you take the first, the first day it is actually an instant effect that i was actually sort of speaking to sort of yesterday mark like yeah. you take it and within sort of the first 45 minutes to an hour it in your system um, and you feel the immediate effects so from That's... going from 120 miles an hour yeah to then something then bringing me sort of bringing me down not down as in sort of feeling down but sort of bringing that 120 down to sort of a, a, a steadier pace was a little bit weird for me because I did feel a little bit weird like I didn't know how to react I was sort of acting a bit slow when I was speaking to people on the phone, they're like, are you okay? And I was like, yes, I'm fine. But it was at that point then realized that, well, if this is how it makes me feel, do I really want to be taking this because mm. I don't feel myself? And after a sort of period of, sort of time, after the sort of couple of weeks, I was getting used to the dosage, which they put you on a lower dosage at the beginning just to get you used to it. Then you then have a review after a month then go back to the doctors, um, to the specialist. So once, once I've done that, that you, well, I went back there, I was feeling good, I was concentrating. Normally, I would have three or four CVs up, I'd be on LinkedIn. So I was actually having more of a structured day. I was also finishing one job and then actually allowing, my brain was allowing me to then move on to the next task. 
um, where before it was scattergun approach and it was like, oh, this, this, phone call's going, okay, there's a song on, right, uh, I've got work to do, but I'm going to put the laptop to the side and then I'm going to get up and just have five minutes of a dance. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, so that's... The neighbours must have thought, who is this guy he should be in a padded cell? But it was kind of the way I, I worked and obviously it was working well because obviously one, I was getting results, two, clients would want to work with me and three, I had a fantastic relationship with everyone. Yeah. Um, but now at this point with the, with the tablets and obviously now I'm on the higher dose, which yeah. was is 72, which is not the highest, but it is up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's I feel, yeah, I feel, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I, I don't do that. Anyone actually has it. I don't think they ever understand, but I feel so much better in myself. I also lost two and a half stone. Um, so that's obviously due to obviously playing sports. Obviously, play badminton nearly four times a week. Um, again, for hopefully county, well, for county again. Um, so it, that that's my sort of way of release. It's also made me I don't drink anymore either. Yeah. So having sort of three or four months off drink, I think that probably one. That's probably why obviously that's why I probably lost the weight but also I'm channeling it into sport which obviously Bamson I probably look like a from if anyone see me on or, or obviously profile pitch I probably look like a Colin McGregor yes um, <laughs> you do look like a mean probably, bastard <laughs> yeah. yeah a mean a mean guy but obviously <laughs> yeah. so it's kind of like people saying that oh and like if I tell people Bamson I sometimes I feel a bit embarrassed to say it because I'm like um yeah play Bamson um, so <laughs> everything oh, this is sort of like where everyone's sort of their nans are sort of playing badminton on a Thursday or, or Sunday or Sunday in the day um, but it's badminton is one of the sort of fastest racket sports and at, at sport. head level yeah. it's very very good sport it's, it's, an, very, it's very a sport. sport it's a sport you could get into and learn and, and build a skill up not, I'm not going to say relatively quickly but it, it's it, it's it's such a high energy sport it, it's extraordinary isn't it that people can just pick up a racket and go for it whereas tennis yeah you need to kind of any kind of racket sport after that you need to have a form of kind of longevity in it and, and patience in it whereas badminton's there go 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 keep going keep going keep yeah, going. yeah it's just, I think squash exactly. is almost and like that yeah exactly and it's just it's, it's so hard and, and i've been having coaching uh you won't mind me mentioning the name of a guy called uh william william hilton jackson who actually is level three coaches coaches the county um and probably he's yeah he's he, he i've been having sort of the, the sessions with him each each week private one-to-one sessions because obviously ones he's on the county committee we used to play county when we were younger um and also a, good, a friend of mine so it's helped me with the fitness it's also helped me to speak to him someone that you don't really know it, it like i know him and he's my friend is a, a good friend but i don't really get to speak to people like him, for example, because I, I see him more as a badminton coach, as a professional. So, and really sometimes it's quite nice to sort of have a conversation with him about things. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the training, it, it kind of, the, I feel so focused when I'm playing sport and playing, the only sport that I really actually am good at, obviously, is, is badminton. And that really takes something out of me when, I'm either I have a sort of working in the day. I always look forward to playing badminton. That's all I do. It's pretty much three or four times a week playing that sport because one, it releases like mentally. It's like a tune in yeah. for me, um, yeah. and I can release everything I what I need to do 
in sport. And I think other people have that. They either go to the gym or they do running or however, whatever sport they, they want to do. And that is my key trigger point. So obviously I don't drink, I don't go out. Um, so it's kind of like now I've had the sort of being diagnosed with the ADHD um, and now I'm feel, I just feel completely different as a person. Um, You're on a journey. People, You're on a new journey, aren't you? On, the, on, on a, a new journey and a lot of people... Yeah like want it, are getting back in touch with me again because they want to they want to spend time with me people want to spend time with me now yeah. i'm making it unpopular but like people actually want to sort of learn about maybe one obviously what adhd is and like where i was 100 miles before and probably a little bit too much for certain people because who wants a 100 miles an hour person in their face like when they're going out drinking and yeah. do you know what i mean who wants that massive character and for a lot of people that is a very overpowering yeah um, especially if you are if you're quite sort of social and outgoing yourself and then you have a bigger character coming in in that circle who yeah. overpowers everyone and wants to be that number one guy yeah. throughout the whole time people do feel mentally drained by that it is it's like um, having, it's like having a car that's constantly revving in the red and and then you have to somehow yeah. crunch the gears to get it moving and 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 once you get in the right gear like you were saying to me yesterday that you're either zero percent or you're 120 percent in something uh, and uh, you know you're, you're just you know literally white knuckle ride with with some with a character like that around i've worked with people where they had very, how you described it in the call center then that's exactly the type of people i've worked with and not once did i stop and go there's something wrong with this person i've always gone god mm. this guy's got a lot of energy you know whoa, flipping hell yeah. i want to i want a little bit of what you're drinking mate you know what I mean? or can i have some of exactly. what you're taking and you, you, you don't realize that it it's actually a condition they have that potentially could be linked to what you've got or it could be an even serious condition or it could be just they're very energetic <laughs> at the same time always a, always, always a good teller though and it's, it's always people that did well in selling yeah. Yeah, it was just yes. really, really weird. Always yeah. good sellers. People, you will notice that people standing up or whoever walking around using their hand gestures or however you want to do it, will always want to sort of talk sort of how they're doing it or yeah. so on and so forth. But so? now, do you think companies are taking advantage of these type of people? Then, do do you think that that maybe it's we've got to be kind of a little bit cautious about bringing in people that are you know quite full on. In your business, mm, I think, I think a lot of, I think a lot of companies now. I think, obviously, being in sales at a younger age, I think it was fantastic to have ADHD because <laughs> yeah. no one, no, it wasn't. It was fantastic because one, every was top, you was always getting the sales, and probably for me, not knowing it, then I'm constantly getting the recognition. Yeah. Um, for, Which for, was even for, worse, for it, wasn't it? It was feeding you even, even more, worse. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Feeding me even more. And I wanted to go even better. I wanted to do, if I'm not doing five sales a day, it would be 10. Yeah. So, oh my God, it's like Tom, Tom's the best. People coming up to me. Uh, what? How do you do it? And what's different? And oh, I'm doing it sort of your way. I've listened to your calls. And do you know what I mean? When people coming in, in the sales environment, when I was younger, they also used, used to get people to come in and listen to me, like not one of them sort of head splitters. Yes. And the, the poor people sitting there and I'm standing up and I'm running like up and down, up and down, up and down. And the, the sales guys, whoever's sitting there must've thought, 
oh, oh this is too much for me. Like, I don't think I could do this because he's probably seeing it me at that pace. Um, but yeah, I think going back to sort of the, the sort of question, taking advantage, I think unless you don't, I think as guys, I think sometimes it's quite hard to speak about mental health, maybe yeah. issues yeah. that mental health as well. And yeah. I think like this day and age, mental health has become a lot bigger. It's sort of grown over the years and it's now got to a point where like it's very sense. it's a very sensitive sort of subject um, because obviously there's conversations that could go on for hours and hours and hours to, at, to different people who have different experiences in their life. Um, so no one ever really knows um, what's really going in on side. And I think there's been a couple of posts. I think there's like uh, pictures where like you're showing this sort of, uh, sort of massive character and you're fine, yeah. but really inside you're, you're feeling sort of down or there, there is an underlying issue. Despair um, or and something. I've had a friend, yeah, exactly. And I, I've, I've had a friend who was a good friend of mine hang himself. Oh. Um, and he was fine. So he was messaging someone and he was fine at that point. So he was just having normal banner like he would. Yeah. Um, and then like he wasn't messaging for ages um, and we thought something was up and then sent the police around. Then he was, ha- he, he hung himself. Um, so it's it, an extraordinary it, thing. Saying, yeah, I know it's, it's really hard. And especially when you've, you know, that's one end of a spectrum where, it's depression it's it's real depression i'm not talking about oh i feel down today <clears throat> you know oh life's getting on me a little bit those are those are life mm. pressures that we just need to kind of work out better coping mechanisms with or we just need to get better paying something or get a better job and sometimes some people and i spoke to charlotte Bourne on one of the the podcasts it's, it's it's about finding happiness in yourself and that will get over most life pressure. But then you have the people, which are the extreme end of that, where it is chemical imbalances, it is serious conditions, they need some real, real help with. And, you know, they, at the moment, I feel they're slipping through the net. And especially, um, guys, especially our age, isn't it? You're, you're, you're 31, I'm 40. Mm. You know, it's we're in the age grouping, which scares the shit out of me, if I'm honest with you. But the biggest killer yeah. to us is suicide. And that, you know, it really worries me. What's going on in society? Why is it falling through the cracks? Um, and, mm. and, and why is it happening? Then you have a condition like yourself where you're running at a thousand miles an hour and people just like, look at him, he's mental. Look at him, he's, he's crazy. Yeah. And, and, and you can't stop and say, there's something wrong with me. And, but, and they don't want to ask because they just think it's you. And, and that's, I think, the exactly. awareness we're starting to have now. You know, I'm looking back now as we as you tell me your story. I'm looking back of all the times that I've come across it where I feel there's something not quite you know, I can't focus sometimes mm. and I'm really struggling with it. Uh, and then I have mm. too many things going on all at once and I, I don't know whether or not I just need to stop and start being a bit more methodical, mm. a bit more regimented in what I do, or I need to speak to someone and and the more I speak to people, I start realizing, well, I might not be quite where Thomas is and I might not be quite where, where Charlotte is. So I'm sitting right here. So I'm, I'm starting to find my balance. So I'm checking myself and I think everyone should do that at some point. And this is what you did a couple of months ago, didn't you? You checked yourself and then realized. I think, yeah, I think like you said, it's kind of like looking at yourself and, being 
like looking at yourself and think, do you know what? I actually feel good in myself again. Yes. Um, and actually yeah. going back to the tablets, they're actually, I said Concerta, but they're actually called Con, yeah, Concerta. And I think I said Courtnell earlier, but it's actually uh, Concerta, which they are actually a CD drug, which is a controlled drug. Um, so I think having a chemical imbalance, which you do with ADHD, it releases that part. You yeah. release a chemical, that imbalance. Now with the, it's really weird because I was like, this is controlled drug. I was like, okay, well, what's in it then? Obviously it's amphetamines. So it's like speed in there. And you thought, I thought, oh God, I'm going to be given speed and I'm already on, do you know what I mean? I'm already on 120 miles, 120 miles an hour. And I thought, oh God, it's the flip. Are people going to yeah. see me, yeah, I'll be doing cartwheels down the road. And do you know what I mean? Looking a bit like Maruga yeah. Salt in Thailand Chocolate Factory. I'm like going all right, doing 100 miles an hour. So people are going to think, well, okay, well, what's that going to help? But, um, but in, obviously it does, stop that imbalance and it actually isn't isn't that, that the, chemical being released i've never done serious drugs i've sat in a room with people smoking joints and that's about as far as i go with drugs yeah. so, and you know i've taken quite a lot of ibuprofen in my time um but but isn't <laughs> isn't the myth of speed isn't that a myth of speed where you take speed and you and as the title says you're like a million miles an hour i think the myth of speed it actually slows you down doesn't it you become a little bit more yeah more distant from the world. And, and I remember when I used to go, <laughs> God, here we go. When I used to go raving in the late nineties, like in barns in West Wales and stuff like that with friends, you watch these guys last week. You watch these guys that are on ecstasy or they're on speed. Um, especially ecstasy is probably the closest to um, simulated ADHD than you could probably get. Um, you mm. watch some of them on there, and the changes in in in, in mannerisms, changes in personality, changes in body temperature as well. They're so they're burning themselves up and everything. You watch these guys, and and I I used to find it fascinating that the, the change that happens with just the chemical in, induction that they used to do and there's one guy and i can't remember i never remember his name legs that was it that was his nickname legs he was tall long legs um he was a bit of an animal when it came to ecstasy he used to drop loads of these tablets and and, and he just went crazy you at one point you thought he was the flash he was a blur around the dance floor around mm. the, the room that you're in and it's amazing how chemicals change you so quickly but with with the chemicals that you're taking it's it's the opposite effect that it's doing. It's slowing you down. It's balancing the mind, isn't it? It's balance recentering your. It, it also it also makes you see, speak, and hear clearly. I've, I I can't I can't it, the feeling of speaking to a candidate, uh, or speak or speak to someone, just speaking to someone like regardless of recruitment, but speaking to people in general. Um, yeah. and speaking to friends and family or whoever it is or if it's a client for example i speak a lot more more methodical just like you said like I, i'm i'm thinking before i'm speaking i feel that my vocabulary is ex expands um i'm using words that i probably wouldn't use before <laughs> yeah so and it also helps me concentrate. So as you like, you mentioned about sort of hard, hard to concentrate, this helped me concentrate and, as I said, complete each task. Once I finish a task, instead of me going, all oh, right, look at a vape and like, okay, well, yeah, I want to go and vape now or whatever I want to do. 
I would actually sit and complete that task where I wouldn't where I was looking for the next sort of fix, as we say, of excitement or I was look, waiting for someone to give me a call or I'd text someone or I always had to be doing something. Yeah. Um, but this now gives me a balance between work, life, badminton. It, it, it gives me, well, I think the best word to say, it gives me structure um, in my life. And it's only now at 31 that I can really say to myself that I'm happy. Wow. Because I haven't really had the best sort of experience in my life but I was always nice to people I was always caring I was genuine I would always go out my way for someone um and I wouldn't stab people in the back or like do you know what I mean so yeah yeah if you if you have that if you have that and, and I always want to be I always want to be liked I think that I hate people that oh I don't really like him that would because I wear my heart on my sleeve a little bit, I, w- I would also take that as a personal sort of personal thing to me. And I actually get quite upset over certain things just because I'm that kind of guy. But now having, having sort of the condition and, and dealing with it, and obviously with the tablets, I feel like I see a lot of things in a different light now yeah. um, where it was just all sort of just one vision where it was, either this or that 100 miles now I'm doing this and there was just I'm just all over the place and it just kind of yeah you, people I think people get fed up fed up with well, beard hairs of all over their house and different houses and I'm sort of making a mess so <laughs> it's just like, so it kind of just well now I've trimmed back my beard I'm pr- it's pretty short but um it, it just give me it's given me the chance now at only at this point and I, I promise you this day to this day it's only now that I am actually happy in myself and it's taken all these years. Can I, can I, because we, when we were chatting yesterday, you told me about your, your, your work history and kind of where you got to and how you got to certain places. And now that you're, you're, you know, a master of your own destiny, in essence, running your own show, do you feel that during the years that you were going from job to job, you know, doing different things, if you were still doing that now, working in a call center, working for another agency, do you think you would have stopped and thought, I need to go and see someone to see what's wrong with me? Or do you think you would have carried on going? Um, what I'm trying oh, to say is, is there a link to your okay. work history and and where you are now and your now self-realization? That's a really good question. <laughs> um, I think if I had the... If I was, if I, if I sort of went and sorted, sort, went and sorted out, and actually manned up and went, well, not manned up because that's, that's a bad word. Uh, if I went, that's all. Just self-realization. Yeah. Yeah. If I wanted to have the sort of, um, a, if I actually wanted to realize it, and I should have realized that at a, a sort of early age, I probably would have had a better experience. Um, and if I'm honest, I glad that I didn't. Um, because I don't think I'd be the person I am today. Yeah, um, I got you. Because this is the first. Because this is the first time I've actually spoken about ADHD. Um, because I I kind of get a bit worried because I think oh god they don't want to work. Who who would want to work with someone like that? So it is quite a personal thing to me, and only a, a few people know. Yeah. Um, well, but the world it's knows kind now. of like. <laughs> 
<laughs> what the word now? Okay. So it, it's kind of, <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, I, I'm a good person. I've got I'm all this anyway. So it kind of enhanced me as a person. And but I don't think I would be who I am today if I found if I realised earlier. Yeah. Um, I think having your own business and part of growing up, whoever wants to do that, um, it's kind of made me realise now that I am who I am today because of my journey. Yeah, um, gotcha. and what I've got in the past, I think a lot of people probably would have liked me to have had it yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and found out a little bit earlier because they wouldn't have had to deal with certain situations um, with me buzzing around them. But I think you learn, you, you you take certain paths. I think sometimes I do, I do actually believe in sort of fate sometimes because I do believe certain things do happen for a reason to some aspect. But I agree with I that. Be who I am today. I agree with that. And the reason I asked that question, because you, when you were telling me your story and kind of the, the million miles an hour you were moving through, 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 you know, your career and and things that you were doing and stuff, and then you kind of stop and think and, and kind of go, wow. So there was this journey that you had, and you you suddenly had this realization. I think it's this is my th- listening to your story. I think it's linked to when you started your business. And then the, 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 the I, I don't think it's growing up per se. I think it's a change in mindset and the change in the way you live yes. your life. Um, I, I think agree when you have that change of mindset, it opened a door to your mind where your mind Correct. was screaming at you and saying to you, um, Thomas, you've got to stop a second and look at what's been going on. And I think that is yeah. what, and, and when you look back on your career, you think, fuck, that's what's been going on. That's why I'm, and I, I, I kind of, I've seen this not just in my career, I've seen it in other people's careers. And the moment you have that responsibility of running your own business, you don't half reflect on your life. God alive. You really do think, right, that's why I've been doing that wrong. This is why I've been, mm. it's, it's, it's a self-realization. So I guess from, from your perspective, starting your business was not just the start of a journey of, of a career, but a start of a journey of a, a different Thomas at the same time. It, and that and, and that is totally right. And I, I've never noticed these things until now. <laughs> so, so, it, so this is cathartic. Uh, this is like therapy all of a sudden. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like I've I've never realised what how things or how I was growing up or dealing with people with friends, family and how I actually really was. But now I've obviously passed that stage and received the tablets. I've only been on them four months. I'm not, so I don't want to be classed as a specialist. It's your life experience <laughs> that we're talking about here. You yeah. Know, what yeah, you're finding I, from it and what you're experiencing from it and, and, and kind of how and it I think, works for you. Yeah. And I, I think, as I said, like, I'm only realizing now, I'm actually only realizing how I acted before and the way I was doing it so it was just nice to it's nice to now realize it accept it and work what I have at the moment because it doesn't change me as I said it doesn't change any of my work it doesn't change the way I act uh but actually that's a lie it does change the way I act uh it doesn't take my work but it doesn't affect who I am as a person as in like the way personality but it, it gives me a tuned in. It's, a, it's like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that film, Limitless. Yes. With, oh, uh, one of my favorite, Cooper. Do you know what? It's one of my favourite films. And I'll tell you for why it's one of my favourite films. Me. 
because it's it's the moment that he takes that pill and suddenly things are in focus and he starts being able to do things and achieve things it, it's a, a dream of mine to be able to take a pill and do that and 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 kind of be focused and be able to be successful the, that's fiction it's the reality is you can be that you've just got to be honest with yourself and how you deal with that mm-hmm. but you, sorry i jumped in there i jumped in there go no no it's fine so I kind of relate <laughs> so I kind of made a joke about it because I was like oh my god these pills are like limitless so I don't know why I did American accent then I think this is American, <laughs> American. Um, so I just, I, just felt, I just felt like saying it then there's probably a bit of ADHD coming out there um, so yeah it, it was kind of like the limit, limitless pills it kind of that, that's exactly how it is for yeah. someone with ADHD I know there is sort of different people that have sort of different spectrum of ADHD where they actually are really hyperactive and obviously I have got it quite bad but yeah. there is another scale beyond that isn't so, that the one where you go um, take Ritalin isn't it Ritalin Ritalin yes and that's normally stop you yeah that's just that's a different like yeah i'm not again i'm not an expert but i'm just just aware of hearing yeah. it children um were diagnosed with it and i still think some of them diagnosed wrong it's just bad parenting but that's a different story um but mm-hmm. they, they were given regular and then suddenly these these kids were just like zombies they they didn't interact no, no. They didn't open up they did flick them over yeah flick them over just, yeah i think until like uh, yeah, it's, it's a hard one because I'm taking it now, and I'm and as I said, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not being to be like, oh my god, I'm this perfect person now, like da 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 da. But the only thing that I will say is that it's made me happy as a person, and I can't yeah. I can't thank enough to everyone who's actually still stuck by me to this day, yeah. um, and who still wants to know me because it's nice to be a a, a less a tuned in version of myself yeah um so it's just nice to be able to talk about it um and and try and i don't fucking educate people but try awareness. and awareness help anyone give yeah give the awareness of it and as i said like if anyone wants to message me about it or talk to me about it then please feel free i will try and got say give you as much as i know um so yeah, if anyone wanted to have a conversation or, or raise it awareness with me, but just like you said earlier about people going back to sort of the question you mentioned earlier, but should companies be looking out for this or should people be sort of taking advantage of it? It's kind of it's a kind of like people that who want to go into sales are going to be like that regardless. Some people who are hungry and want to be do it, they probably haven't got ADHD, but are just like that in general. So I think it's quite hard for an employer to work out if they have it or not, because then you're going through that sort of personal, sort of private and confidential part of it. Because you don't say, obviously, to people, oh, are you depressed? No, all right, we ain't got a job. So it's kind of having that fine line. And as you mentioned earlier, given the awareness, I think it's it's got to that point now where everyone's very, very sensitive in what people are saying to each other, because you could say something that's not even like directly at them, but it could indirectly affect someone at your work. Yeah. So it's a very much gray area. What is what I can make a joke about ADHD and then someone will be offended by it. Even though I've got the same, the oh, same oh, diagnosis, yeah. they could have a bigger scale. I, we've, we've got a, we're in a strange world when it comes to, to, 
um, people taking offense from things and people, the way that people kind of react to things. In some circumstances, I think it's a little OTT. In other circumstances, I guess, you know, people, we've got to be a bit more sensitive to these matters. And especially in the workplace, more so now than we've ever had to. Because as we're starting to realize, you know, mental health, we can't start using derogatory terms like, oh, he's mental, he is, and stuff like that. Because yeah, of course. Because that's going to be insulting to a level now where someone does have an, a condition that they need to to take um, pills for or see someone about. Or, you know, I've got some ex-military friends, and you know, PTSD. Um, uh, of course. In early days never showed their signs. Ten years on from certain conflicts they've been in, you know, these guys are are now sitting in front of psychologists. We live in. The, the things that they saw and did in, in, in the theatre of war. And, you know, you, but there's the type of guys that in the pub would say, oh, you're mental, you are. And, and now they're realising kind of yeah. what, what that actually means to them. So we're, I, think, I think as we're starting to get more comfortable with what mental health is yeah. uh, and, and where we're going with it, I think we, this, is where the, this is why we're seeing a lot of that problematic issues at the moment, people being offended by stuff. Is because we're more aware of these things more than we ever, and I think it will die down. I think we'll start having a better conversation about mental health and about um, LGBT rights, and, and you know what I mean, and all these type of things. When people start getting yeah. the knowledge, the education's going. The education is definitely. I think. On I, it. Yeah, I think it definitely. I think I think it's come a better awareness now, um, and I think everyone is, should should really start. Well, not preparing, but just really sort of putting stuff into motion where people were, okay, I know, and, and, and I think some people think, oh, well, I haven't got conditions, so why is he getting treated differently? And I think some people do. It's like, it's like the, the fact, like, I've, I've known people before, well, how come he gets a fag break? I don't even smoke. Do I get another break? Do I get a break then? Do you know what I mean? So it's having that equal, equal balance where some people probably would think, oh, it's just another person saying he's got this. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? You do get them people, um, people's frame of mind where they yeah. will judge people. I, I find that I find that fascinating, and, and that's a really good example with the fag break. Where when I was a manager, someone used to always go for a fag break, and the non-smoking person would say, "Well, how can he can have that?" And, I, and then I would say, "Well, just take ten minutes more in your lunch break," or you know what I mean, expand that grey yeah. area a little bit about around that. I, I used to. Um, when I used to be recruited, people going to fabric. I used to go and join them. I didn't smoke. I just used to stand outside and speak to them and have a chat and have yeah, time. brilliant. Because that yeah. used to help me focus and concentrate um, back then, especially when you're in a call center environment as well. Get away from that noise. But I, th- yeah. I, th- I think as and as the education comes out, and as people start understanding certain conditions you know we have people with disabilities in in work and we're able to put a you know a lift in or we're able to put a ramp in for people or able to make certain things um, a lot more accessible for them as we're doing that for people with physical disabilities people with mental disabilities we'll be able to solve um, as time goes on i think but i think also as we start understanding these conditions people will start getting more treatment people start becoming a lot more um, self-aware of themselves and, and able to to it's the wrong word mask it develop a, 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 a develop it in such a way they can lead a normal life i think is the right word to use of course yeah i think it's just it's, it's being humble 
with people. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I've learned. I've like I think like it's 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 a bit privilege, but I think being staying humble, love whoever you are, friends, family, and just show respect to people. Um, and yeah, I think that's what's sort of happened now. I think a lot of people have got sort of other like the respect again. Um, and it's just having a better way of life. Like I don't, I'm not nasty. I don't, I don't bitch about people. Yeah. Um, so it's just being nice, and I always say nice things about people. Um, so it's kind of like obviously like Tim Wood mentioned of me, obviously, and do you know what I mean they're genuine people that really one obviously intelligent, uh, and two that are just caring people, um, and who want to do things for other people. And they don't want anything out of it. Um, like I mentioned Tim earlier today, uh, obviously where, where he helped me and see, give me the bigger vision. He helped me. He didn't even know me. He didn't even meet me. And he wanted to give me advice and, and, and support. Um, and that, I think this day and age, it's very hard to find any sort of <laughs> chivalry um, to, for people to actually have the genuine people. And it's hard sometimes to tell who is genuine and who's not um, because you will get that, that yeah. side as well. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, a life type rope we all have to walk and to find out what are people's motives. Um, the two Tims that you mentioned, Tim Chatterley and Tim Wood, I know them really well as well. We both know them really well. And, yeah. and they are selfless type people. They will help people to go out of their way to help people. Um, and it's not just those guys. There's, there's other guys that we both know as well out there that will go out. Mark way. Hopkins. Ah, don't, don't start. <laughs> um, but people will go out of the way. And, and, and as you mentioned my name, why I do it is because I just, I love helping people. I love giving to people my thoughts and experience. And if people take away 1% of that and use it, then, you know, that make, that's where I get my gratitude from is, is from that. Um, I just hate shitty people personally, but that's that's a different podcast <laughs> for another time. <laughs> Thomas, it is exactly. been the most amazingest conversation about a situation that I've ever had, if I'm honest with you, mate. It's it's been a fantastic conversation. Um where can people find you by the way? Where can they can they add you somewhere on the social media channel? So you can yeah, so obviously you can get me on LinkedIn. Um I I'm obviously on our website, www.clearpathconsultancy.co.uk, but I think if anyone wants to LinkedIn has got me a LinkedIn message, um that's probably the, the easiest way awesome. uh, to have a conversation about it. But obviously I want to thank everyone for listening, probably gone a little bit on a bit a little bit, but um it's kind of like if if you want to have a conversation, as I said, I'm not a specialist, but please feel free to get in touch. And I want to thank everyone who has been there for me and supported me and apologised to the old employers that had part of me. Um, <laughs> My ex-girlfriends. <laughs> I'm now in a good place, so maybe you want to take me on. No, I'm joking. Um, but they probably would want the tuned-in Tom now, so it'd be quite funny to see if people messaging me, actually, um, now you're tuned in, do you want to come back? Yeah. Um, but like, no, thanks. But now, now I've got them in that place, happy place. It's nice to sort of share, share the love uh, with people, um, and I'm happy to open to any questions. But I appreciate you doing this, Mark, and thanks for taking my virginity on podcast. <laughs> on, on, on that note, um, thank you for being yeah. on this podcast. I wasn't lying, was I? 
when I said he had been on a journey and and now he's at this new chapter in his life. And, and this is what I make this podcast for, to speak to people, to listen to people's journeys and this self-realization and, and this, this, you know, uh, strength in their characters to become something they've always dreamed of being. And, and that's, is in spades with Thomas. So I really, really, really hope you enjoyed his story. I freaking did. It touched me, made me look at myself, made me understand myself a lot more. Um, and I really hope it did that with you. So thank you for listening and coming soon. There's a couple of more podcasts like this. Um, I really hope you can listen to. So yeah, enjoy the future ones. Take care. Bye-bye.